I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hello, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. We are so happy to have you here for the first episode in the August podcast listening adventure. Now, if you are somebody who studies copywriting and who names things, you may be saying this may not be the most amazing name we've ever come up with. And that's okay (laughs) because the thing is, what happened is we decided, or I decided, or maybe we decided, I don't remember, that it would be fun to do a series in our podcast, which I don't think we've actually ever done before, like a series of episodes that go together. Uh, no, no. I I did it on Project Life with Mike Watts, okay. but not the two of us. This is So this is our first series on the Kate and Mike show. And this episode today is kicking off four episodes that are the August podcast listening adventure. And here's where it came from. I was one of those kids who loved getting my summer reading list because... I've always been a super nerd. And not only did I love getting the one from school, I would also go down to the public library and do the extra summer reading challenge. And they always had these little checklists and it was like a rocket ship or it was like there was some sort of theme. It was like a pirate adventure theme or like a treasure map theme or something like that. And I just thought it was so much fun and it was like it got me excited about learning. And I thought whether or not you were also one of those kids, wouldn't it be fun to get together with the pod squad and do a little summer learning adventure to get us all excited about learning. Because if you're listening to our podcast, you're a lifelong learner, regardless of your relationship with traditional education. I know Mike's is different than mine. Would you like to share your relationship with summer reading just for contrast? Um, yeah, I didn't do all of that. I mean, I read like Goosebump books, the Goosebumps and the Berenstein Bears. That's what I remember. I did that in high school. That's when I started reading the Berenstein Bears. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's fine. If no, it wasn't like a, it wasn't as into it as I am now. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah, I'm really into reading now. I wasn't that into reading previously. I mean, Kate's, there's two pieces of mail that Kate opens immediately. One are checks. Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. The second are course catalogs from anything. So anything that has like, books or courses or like the learning aspect she dives right in opens them up starts circling what she wants to take not even take just like interested in and then she'll maybe never take a class but it's just the excitement of the learning potential that i I believe is there love circling classes and course catalogs it was my favorite part of college it's amazing and then all the other mail she just sets to the side and then mike eventually opens anyway (laughs) Whether or not you're a reader, whether or not you loved summer reading, this is for you because you're here, you're a listener, and right. you're here on the pod squad, you're listening to the Kate and Mike show, and so we have these four episodes for you that are specifically designed to work in sequence and also to help you upgrade your life and business in some important ways. So they are answering common listener questions. They A lot of people have written in asking us to do episodes on these particular things or sharing that they have challenges in these particular areas. So they are as follows. Oh, and if you want to get in on this, we're so basically, oh my gosh, what do I say first? First of all, this is what it is. Second of all, if you have not already gotten on the list to get the updates about the August podcast listening adventure, you can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash August. And if you're listening to this episode and it is no longer August, of 2019 that's okay because the information is still here and you can still listen to the four-part series so that's exciting but if you're listening in august if you go over to katenorthup.com forward slash august you will get your listening adventure tracker so you'll be able to follow along with not only the episodes but the extra bonus thing we're doing which is that every friday so our podcast comes out on tuesday mornings and then every friday Mike and I are doing a Facebook Live on the topic of that particular week's 
podcast so that we can answer your questions, so that we can go deeper, so that we can do some laser coaching. And those are happening on Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And they are going to be August 9th, August 16th, August 23rd, and August 30th. So it's four podcasts in August, four Facebook Lives on the same topic, and those will be on my page, Kate Northrup on Facebook. So we're really excited about that. Plus, there are giveaways. So you've got your tracker. So I want you to get your tracker over at katenorthup.com forward slash August, print it off, and then use it to follow along because there's a place to check off the episodes, check off the Facebook Lives, and write down and track your key takeaways and your key action steps for each one. And there will be chances to win things by sharing that tracker. So that's all I can say right now. But if you're listening to the podcast listening adventure and you're in for it, definitely share with us on social media. There will be surprise giveaways and prizes for people who are following along and sharing their takeaways and tagging me and Mike in their stories on Instagram, in their feed, wherever you want to post it. So mm-hmm. we're really excited about that. So here are the episodes. Today, we're talking about how to get more people to buy what you're selling. This is a really common entrepreneurial pain point that we hear over and over and over again. And a couple months ago, I had asked in my stories, what's your biggest challenge when it comes to your business? And over and over and over again, it was getting more paid clients, getting more customers. And so we've got three really important tips that are going to make a huge difference for you in that today. Next week, we are talking about the shifts that we made to move from six to seven figures. So Mike and I had a goal to have a seven-figure business. It was just one of those milestones that we wanted to hit. We had that goal for several years without hitting it. And then there were a few changes that we made that are not going to be what you expect that we're going to be talking about next week that helped us get over that hump and get to seven figures. So whether you're working to get to your first six figures, you're working to get to your first 10 paying clients, whatever goal you have, it doesn't have to be that you want to have a seven-figure business, though if you do, that's wonderful. This episode is going to really help you to expand in whatever way is relevant for you. The third episode is about how to create powerful, meaningful friendships. This is a question that comes up a lot within our origin community and also within our online community and on social media. Like, where do you find your people and how do you really connect with them? Because that feeling of connection is critical for our well-being, for our health, for our wellness, and then really also for our businesses. Having other people in business who you can call up when you feel like things are falling apart, when you feel like you screwed up, you know, when you need a new web programmer, whatever is so, so, so important. Having my women friends in business and a few really great guys is like, the most critical success factor. So we're going to talk about how to find those people, how to forge those friendships, how to keep them going. And then our final episode is going to be about masterminds, which is the perfect follow-up to the friendship episode. So what the heck is a mastermind? Why might you want to be part of one? How could you create one yourself? And or how could you join one? So that's a question that's been coming up a lot as well. I'm part of a few of them. I know Mike's been Mm -hmm. part of a few of them. We've run them in the past. And so we just want to share the behind the scenes of how we run them, how they were formed, why we joined other ones, you know, the difference between paid, unpaid, how to structure it, how to get the most out of it, how to make sure, you know, everybody works together and isn't draining each other and being kooky pants. So all of that. So that's what we've got for you coming up for the August podcast listening adventure. I can't wait for the kooky pants part. Are you excited about really, this, Mike? I'm really excited. I'm about really it. excited about this. It just feels fun to to have something in a little container here and have some structure and be on a trajectory right. before kicking off September, which to me feels very New Year ish. I feel way more energized in September to like have this fresh start than I do in January. In January, I just want to hibernate or possibly go to a tropical island. In September, I'm like, okay, great. Let's go to Staples. Let's get the school supplies. Give me my trapper keeper. Like I am ready to learn something. I'm ready to prepare. So do you think kids still get trapper keepers? I don't think so. They were like, we weren't allowed to have them after a certain point in my school. Like trapper keepers were banned or something. Really? I can't remember why. I'm just having this vague I haven't seen one in a long time, like, so I don't know if... I mean, I was just at Office Max the other day. Or Staples. I was at Staples, and I don't think they have not, Trapper yeah, Keepers anymore. Yeah, I don't anymore. think so either. Somebody can let us know. You can let us know 
I'm obsessed with office supplies. If you also are really into office supplies and stationery, go ahead and send me a DM or share on your stories and let me know what are your favorite pens, what are your favorite journals, what are your favorite card companies. I love all of these things and would love to discuss them further with you. So we're preparing for the kickoff of upgrading our businesses and our lives in September with this August podcast listening adventure. So if you were wondering what the heck was I thinking, that's what I was thinking. Great. Cyclical living, Well, let's baby. go. Let's get started on number All one right. here. So number one, honey, I want to talk to you. So I got a funny text from the guy. So Mike and I send our kids to this daycare. It's a co-op. And part of the deal is you send your kids to the daycare and then you volunteer for these different things. And one of them, it's the biggest thing, is the clam festival. And the clam festival is in Yarmouth, Maine. I think it's been it's going on like seventy four years. It's fifty four years. The clam fest. It's yeah. a really There's big a deal. There's a giant sign oh. on the street that Thank said you. celebrating fifty four years Great. this year. It's a really big deal in this town, and it's a really big deal in particular because all the different organizations in town raise the majority of their funds over one weekend. Right. So the it's all the food vendors, the people that are parking people. They're all organizations that are all nonprofits. And the parking so, lot. So it's like the basketball boosters and right. the ice hockey boosters and the little league people and, and the Yarmouth Playmakers, which is what I was. If you ever come to the Clam Festival, go get your face painted by the Yarmouth Playmakers. All the different people. And so we have a booth for our girls. Because our daycare is a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit. And we sell various things, which, you know, none of them are. Are you embarrassed are, to say it? Well, I just know we have people listening who are like, I just know how people are. And, you know, God bless you. Mike and I eat really healthy and we support here's, here's the deal. local, organic, non-GMO, care. all of the things. But at a fair like this, at a festival like this. We have, we sell, you won't even say it. You can't even say it. This is amazing. We sell corn dogs. We sell fried pickles. We sell ice cream. Locally made. Locally made ice cream, which is delicious it's, from this company called Toots, T-O-T. T-O-O-T-S. It's sold out of a little caboose. Beals ice cream and Toots is the best ice cream that we I have found in Maine thus far. And then we have freeze pops, Italian ice, stuff like Unsweetened that. Unsweetened iced tea. Unsweetened iced tea, Which lemonade, is... sweet iced tea. Mm-hmm. And uh, soft pretzels. Ice cream sandwiches that we make. We put a scoop of ice cream of their choosing between, between two, two chocolate chip cookies. And pretzels no more. Um, And we are the person that's been running this for six years. He actually told me this when we were working because I was talking about like what there's no event space. And then there's other people do lobster rolls and crab cakes at the clam festival, fried clams. So they said, well, why don't we do healthier options? And everyone in the room started laughing because there's no salads. You know, there's nothing to get salads. There's really... I don't know. The healthiest thing you could get is probably like steak tips. Yeah, there's like and that's just straight up steak. Like, I mean, that's from like just straight meat. So there's not great selections for vegetarians. I mean, fried pickles, you can have that, but that's probably the oil is not. So it is a, it's a situation that we are discussing about offering some healthier options, but people eat it. They like it. They do. So I got a text from the organizer of our booth who, and he said, hands down by far. So Mike worked 15 hours. I worked zero hours. I took care of the girls. Mike worked the booth and i got this text saying your husband was by far hands down the mvp of clam fest weekend with his sales skills and so i just wanted to ask you so mike and i were both like you came home even though it was freaking hot it was like 95 degrees you were like in a hot booth whatever working you know an eight hour shift but you came home stinking like crazy but also tired but lit up like you were lit up And I just wanted to talk to you about, because for so many people, sales is so scary and making a sale one-to-one is scary. Making a sale online is scary. Making any, like asking for a sale is scary for people, but it's not for you. So I want to know what is it that you love about selling and why do you think you're so good at it? I mean, it's, it's human behavior for me. So it's noticing if I was to go, somebody asked me if I was to redo college again, I don't know if it was on, we talked about it on here or not. But it was, I just said I would, I would be interested in going back to something about human behavior about and like studying, studying people. Psychology. Yeah, I guess it's psychology. <laughs> so what gets people to do what they actually do? That's what I'm really fascinated with. This started actually in dating. 
so this is it, it stems from I've always been into sales and I've always been into selling stuff. I've always been into making money. It's just been very interesting, even when I had a paper route. It's like if I can put the paper in their actual box or closer to the door, will they tip me more? Like these are things I thought about in sixth grade. Right? When I was dropping newspapers off at the front door of people's homes, I would actually set it in front of their door for the you know 90% of the time or 80% of the time just to see like okay they don't have to walk out down the sidewalk even in the snow and the rain the whole shebang it's like the job of me is to to deliver their paper so they can find it right and that's customer service which is like a whole other episode which we should talk about right but it was really the end it was customer service but the end result was to get bigger tips right right so and the very first person I ever helped create an online business was my buddy Roger Bodwin Bodwin. Bodwin. I don't know. I, now I'm all messed up with his name in the Bodwin College. I'm like, it doesn't, it's not. Bowden College. Bowden College. That's why. Bowden. Okay. So, and he created Restaurant Rockstars is this, and he mastered how to train his people in his restaurant. He had a restaurant called the Matterhorn up at Sunday River, how to make more tips as a server. And I see this all the time. When you go out to eat, you know, I almost... I am pretty rock solid about guessing if this experience is going to be good or bad from the very first moment that a server comes up to our table. And it's like people could say, well, it goes into the universe. You're putting it out there. Yeah, there's an element to it, but you also know. So I don't know. I just always studied human behavior and why do, why do I like it? Because there is a direct result that comes from it immediately. So it gets that serotonin. Is that right? It, is that? Dopamine. Dopamine. It hits your dopamine. You're like, oh, I did that. And that was cool. And yeah, I just, I just really enjoy seeing if I can get a sale from someone. So for example, at the clam fest, I just stand at the end of the booth and just yell, you know, it's like, I'll give you an example. Right. So, so I looked at what are the biggest, this is our tip. Just stand out there wherever you can find the people and just, just yell. Yeah. You just yell, you yell at people, right? (laughs) Because you capture their attention and then you can, if they're so, and then going back. So I'll explain that in a second about the, that part. But like going back to the dating piece that I realized is that if I'm setting myself different from someone else, so I started to study how to interact with women from and started reading about Neil Strauss's book and it was about pickup artists. And then I started studying this guy, the game, the game, and then started studying like David D'Angelo's work. And it wasn't about picking up women. It was about actually having women be attracted to you through these different methods that could be now tan on queer eye talks about your your what did he say last night about the outfit piece like what's the piece that sticks out so people notice it your flair yeah it's like your flair when you wear an outfit there's usually something that you're wearing that sticks out more than anything else so people notice that right off the bat and it's the same so that these are the kind of things that i learned about when i was like okay how do i and this is before kate was and that's actually like because I studied that information is how we ended up together. Like in, in, in some, you know, it's kind of crazy, but like, because it gave me, it wasn't about like tricking her. Right. No. And it's not about tricking people in the world. Now there are scam artists that exist. So this happens. There's people that add us that add Kate at katenorther.com Cause that's where our emails come from to their own email list every single week that we have to unsubscribe from. Right. Like it's, crazy. it's stuff like this. It's just, it's not. They do that with my private email too. Yeah. And then they just get added to newsletters and it's ridiculous. Right. So in the online space, it happens as well. But it was for me, it just built confidence in myself. And so, and th- this actually, Clamfest is a, is a great example. But actually, what happened was at the Hay House event a few years ago. So we were used to sell uh, USANA products at these Hay House events. And they had at the old Hay House events, they would, when they would do like 10 or 12 a year, they would have booths that you could buy and you purchase a space and then you could sell stuff. And we weren't moving any product. It was just sitting there. Right. And so I was like, we have to get this. And I'm like, there's all these long lines of people standing around. I don't want to signing. Yeah. Like I don't want to stand around. Like I want to, I want to move some product. Cause if there's no product move, then I got to leave with all this stuff. Right. And I don't want to do all that work. So it's like, how do I, so I just went up and down the book line, the book signing line. They were all waiting for Cheryl Richardson and Louise Hay. And after they gave their talk and I'm literally selling to people in line and be like, this is hot here, people. I know you're exhausted. And like here, here, here's the Rev3 product. Here's a bar who needs a snack. And so we'd start selling and moving product and we got rid of most of it. But the Clamfest, 
I'm like, okay, it's hot outside. People need to hydrate. So it's like, these are things that go through my head when I'm there. So you're thinking about people's needs. I'm thinking needs about people's and needs. And we're going to talk more about this about in this episode. Points, that's yeah. correct. And like, to me, I'm like, ice cream is great because that's what we have. We have water, we have lemonade, we have iced tea. So these products definitely move and they need to be, they need to stay, they need to eat food because you can't, you don't want to pass out, right? From the heat because it was really hot. So I would just stand there and yell and be like, ice cream sandwiches, we got customized your ice cream. Because then I started thinking the profit margin of our food, an ice cream sandwich we sold for $6. Package of cookies to buy 24 cookies was $6, right? Or $9, I think it was something like that. And then you get a scoop of ice cream with it, which wasn't that expensive, right? So you're, we're making profit after basically three ice cream sandwiches. Right, so it's like if I can move these, we're going to make more money. Plus, from our it's business. unusual, which gets to that's our, correct. Uh, we'll talk right. more about separating when, yourself from the crowd. Like it's yep. cool to be able to customize your own ice cream sandwich. Yeah, you choose your. Most of the time, you think of the standard Schwann ice cream sandwiches or whatever, right? Yeah, this is you get two cookies, and then I just put massive amounts of ice cream on it, and then they're just like, holy smokes, that's huge, right? And so that was that's it, and I just enjoy the fun of it because it is like I don't the truth is like I'm probably never going to see these people again right like so why a lot of this stuff happens where I don't want to put my content out there or there's judgment of what people are going to think and I would say ridiculously stupid stuff like I would try to make jokes around all this stuff and it was horrible and then like Jill would do, or someone else was at our booth and she'd be like yeah that wasn't good you know it's just like we would joke about how dumb of the things I was actually saying because they didn't make any sense and I, one of my favorite things was like, Tom Brady said this is his favorite booth. He's never been here, but if he, w if he did come, this is where he would come. You know, it's like just making up ridiculous things. And then it gets people to laugh. It does. And then they want to buy something. Right. From you. And what I noticed, here's how I use my eyes in this situation and online. And I really learned a lot of this doing door-to-door -door sales too back in 2010 is because you have to captivate some you have 30 you have 10 seconds to explain what you're doing in front of this person's door for them to stay engaged or else the door gets slammed in your face and it just i only did it for two weeks because i was good at it and then i was like this isn't worth my time because i ended up i spent so much time knocking on doors for the amount of money that you make and i'm like this is not worth it but it was also in that place as well where I would watch people and I would yell out about ice cream sandwiches and then people would be intrigued and I could see their faces. And as soon as somebody showed in, that they were interested, I am like a pit bull, a nice one, right? It's like you just go up, like the dogs that run up and lick you. Like I am like, I am on the, I'm like, I see her attracted to what I'm saying or him. And it's just like, I am going after, I was like, I see you. I see you out there. You, I know you want an ice cream sandwich. You, you, you come right over here. You can pick your flavor. I think you're a mint ice cream chocolate chip girl, you know, or, uh, you're a chocolate guy, you know, wait, you're a little plain. You, you probably just want vanilla. Don't you want vanilla? <laughs> you know, like these type of things you're that I'm just yelling. shouting out that people are vanilla. <laughs> yeah. And so I am just straight up, like, just like, and they're laughing. Right. If they're not laughing, then I'm going to notice that they it's it's cool down. Right. You can't it's like you can't push too far. So but it, this is the piece of it. I just like being like in the zone. Like it's just nice to be And the the clam fest was it was just a different. It was just a break from what our our normal day to day life is. And yeah, I just enjoy it. I enjoy selling. I enjoy yelling at people. And so it was good in a nice way. I love this. And there's a lot of gold in there that we can transfer to our online businesses, to our brick and mortar businesses, to our, you know, high ticket item sales, whatever you're selling. You could be selling potholders on Etsy. You could be selling a $10,000 mastermind. This stuff right. applies. Okay. So we're going to get into our three tips. Yeah, go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So number one, and this came through from one of my origin incubator members. So we've been running a, a high level, very intimate group this past year with eight women, six and seven figure business owners. And it's been amazing. And this woman is about to pitch something live at an event, a new product, and she's excited about it. And so she was asking... Do you find that it's better to focus on, in your sales, better to focus on the how? Something like the how that somebody, like that you deliver your thing or the what the person is gonna get as a result? And I was like, for sure, hands down, no question. People 
They are buying a result. They are buying a solution to their pain point. They really do not care how they're going to get the solution for the most part. So you want to focus 90% on the result that someone's going to get and 10% on the unique methodology or the fact that it's delivered via an online program or, you know, whatever. I see this happen a lot with like health and wellness practitioners where somebody, let's say they do EFT, the emotional freedom technique. They get super focused on explaining the science behind EFT, why it works, what it looks like, how it works, the whole, the meridians, the whole freaking thing. And it's like, that's really nice, but this person is in debilitating pain. They just want to not be in pain anymore. And so we get so obsessed with our methodology and our how, because that is what we actually do. And that is what sets us apart, which I'll get to in a minute. But that's not what we're selling. People buy a result. We buy from our amygdala, which is our emotional brain. And then we back it up with the logic, with our prefrontal cortex. But it's really important to know that you are talking to people's emotions. So you need to get super clear on what it is that they're struggling with. Mike at the Clam Festival booth knew that people were going to be thirsty because it was freaking hot out and they were hot. So they needed ice cream. It's like really, so this is really simple, but in your market, I mean, they didn't need ice cream, but yeah, (laughs) listen on a hot day, who is not thinking, you know, it'd be really nice to have an ice cream cone right now. Like, oh, it's true. I think that on hot days a lot. It doesn't, yeah. I doesn't mean I always go to get no. the ice cream, but about once a week I do. And it's amazing. <laughs> well, that's why, you know, in Maine, there's I, the ice cream places are, so many of them are only open in the summertime. Yeah, we're, we're a very seasonal you know, place. They'll close down. So be thinking about what is the result that somebody wants. For example, if somebody were pitching their lawn services to us, I would want to know that my lawn is going to be green and lush and cut at the right length and edged and that the, you know, weed whacked and the whole freaking thing. I do not care what model of mower they're using. I do not care which kind of rake they bring or the bagger or I do not care. So You know, it's like the cable guy who comes to fix your cable. This is like a really outdated example right now because nobody does this anymore, but let's pretend you're an electrician. Okay, so you want your lights to work. Your electrician is not coming over and explaining to you all of the freaking things on the back end. And if he does, it drives you crazy or it drives me crazy. We had some people install this really super powered Wi-Fi situation because we knew it's critical to our business so we have like commercial grade wi-fi in our house which i love and the guy just told me way too many details about it and had i had him plus another guy standing in front of me pitching i would have gone with the other guy because i was annoyed about how much he was focused on the what i just wanted to know will my internet work a hundred percent of the time for me to run my business i do not care about the cables please don't tell me about all these boxes I don't want to know what these indicator lights are. I don't want to know. This is not my department. Mm -hmm. And so really be thinking about, and you can do this as an exercise right now. What result does your customer want? What are they struggling with? What's the pain point? What's the challenge? And what solution do you offer? 90%. What's the solution? Paint the picture for them of what their life is going to be like when they have this result and then give them 10% of, you know, and I do it with my special sauce, unique methodology that is boom, 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 period, right? So they need to know that, yeah, and then, and then of course, social proof and testimonials, case studies help so much because then you have proof that it works, and so then they don't really need to know, like, all the things because there's all these people who had success, and so they're like, great, sign me up. So sell the what and then deliver the how, of course, But people are not going to buy what you're selling. They're not buying a methodology. They're buying a result. And they're also really buying a story, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not, if you just sell, if I was just like, I have vanilla ice cream, 
you know, there's some people that'll buy that, but there's a lot of sales that were I would made. Not. Well, no, you would not buy vanilla ice cream, right? But this, <laughs> I'm just sharing. I know. But there was a lot of people that came up for ice cream, but then there's a lot of people that ended up getting an ice cream sandwich, right? Because that's what they call an upsell that happens. And they talk about this a lot in the restaurant industry. You see it on people's websites as this well. This a whole other episode. We right. Do. And so what happened there, it's buying the what sold them from vanilla ice cream to an ice cream sandwich. So that sale went from $3 to $6 at the Clam Fest. It's because I told the story about how beautiful and what it's going to taste like to have a scoop of their choice of ice cream between two chocolate chip cookies. Are they homemade was a question we got a lot. Homemade by someone. They were not us. You know, that was my answer. I'm like, somebody made them. It wasn't us. And, and it so, was not made in someone's home. You know what? Everyone, a uh, factory that makes these things, these chocolate chip cookies, that's a home to somebody, right? There's somebody that's putting love into creating the cookies. That's how I explained so it. Oh, the answer is no. <laughs> they are not homemade. They they were made someplace. And, you know, so it's just looking at, but it's the story. There's Kendra Hall's coming out of the book called Stories Are Stick. And we heard Stories her. That Stories That Stick. Stories That Stick. on our podcast in September or October. But it's really, it's the story and the feelings of why we actually go and buy these things and what we do with it. It's not how, as Kate has explained here in great detail. And the reason for that is because stories connect with people's emotions. Facts connect with people's brains. Right. Minds, right? So we buy with our emotions and then we back up that decision with our mind. Mm -hmm. And so that's why stories facts tell stories sell yep so think about that in your marketing and this is good and bad right like if you take of just anything that's getting it's just like the border wall is a great example in this united states it's like there's so much fear around people from latin and central america well that's what propaganda is is, right it's right inaccurate stories yes exactly yeah so this can anything we're teaching today can be used for good or for bad yes we are assuming because you're part of the pod squad that you're going to go out and make the world a better place with this information correct and but i think it's also very important to understand that so when you hear things that happen you can run it through the filter right it's like so you don't get down the rabbit hole because uh, we know the rabbit hole. We get freaked out. We go down. The world's ending. Life's over. What are we going to do next? Right. right? Like, So it's instead of going down that rabbit hole, you're like, oh, what story is this? How am I being triggered by what's taking place here? Where are these feelings coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So, so critical thinking is so important. Yes. So that was point number one, which is focus on the what, the results that you are getting somebody. Um, and people in general, will buy something to avoid pain more than they will to move toward pleasure. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to be focused completely on the negative and pour salt in people's wounds. I don't believe in that. But it is really important to know what your customer's pain points are and to speak to them. Because somebody, if you were selling, you know, oh gosh, what's a good example? Like, okay, so let's pretend that I taught people how to write books. Let's even say I was just doing a freebie, an opt-in offer on my website, a freebie that's the five biggest mistakes that will take, you know, that will make it take way too long to write your book, or this is not a good tight title, but like something like the five biggest mistakes first-time authors make will probably convert better than five ways to make your book awesome. And it could be the exact same content. So just think about that too as you're, this is like a bit of a side note and more copywriting, but as you're writing your copy, as you're thinking about your pitch, as you're creating your webinars, writing your hooks, doing your social media copy, know that psychologically speaking, we will move away from pain before we will move towards pleasure. So if you can word your things so that you are wording them around moving people away from pain it will tend to convert better from a sales perspective and of course you are doing that to make somebody's life better okay so next tip is to set yourself apart so that you are making the competition irrelevant so another woman in the origin incubator another woman who i adore i adore them all asked we were working on a sales page and we were going back and forth and brainstorming and I was helping her with the copy and 
it wasn't converting as well as she would have liked. And I read it, you know, through the eyes of, okay, what if I was thinking about hiring her? And I realized she has not really identified what makes her different than all the other people out there who do this same thing. And so I thought that was really important where, for example, there's a lot of people that teach online business. There's a lot of people that teach business. There are a lot of different memberships for female entrepreneurs. There are a lot of memberships for mom female entrepreneurs. Not that Origin is just for moms by any means, but the first iteration of it was focused on mothers, though I have we've changed directions now. So what makes Origin different than all the other ones out there so I don't have to compete on price? Well, we use the do less methodology. So we are about growing your business while doing less, which is different than all the other ones out there. So I don't need to be going around looking at all their websites being like, oh, how can I you know, do it like them or do it better or have a better special or bonus or what? I don't care what they're doing because I know that what I do is different than everyone else. And you have a special sauce as well. So you have to identify what that special sauce is. There's a book that can help you. It's called The Blue Ocean Strategy. Full disclosure, I have not read this book. Um, <laughs> I learned about it through Marie Forleo's B-School program. She um, talks about it in great detail on module one, I think, right? I think it's in module one if in Profit Clarity. Yeah. If you have not taken B-School, we highly recommend it. And I think we actually have a wait list for it over at katenorthup.com forward slash B-School. So get on the list because we'll be letting you know about it in February. So this is really where you look at what else is out there and how you can do it differently. And it's really helpful if you ask the questions, what bugs me about my industry? What rubs me the wrong way that other people are doing? And then also, what really inspires me that people are doing outside of my industry? So here's a great example. Marie has her book, Everything is Figure Outable, coming up. And she launched this book tour or this book event in New York in a way that was very similar to uh, the way a pop star would launch a, a tour, right? And I happen to know that Marie is like a diehard fan of hip hop and pop stars. She's like obsessed with Lady Gaga and Beyonce and the whole thing, right? And so she is looking outside her industry for inspiration and completely separating herself from the competition in the book world. Now, I don't really think about competition in the book world because quite frankly, people who buy books buy more books. So there's really not competition per se. Like if I'm going to buy one book, I'm going to buy five others. But regardless, I think you understand what I'm saying. So you want to be thinking about what makes you and the way you do things or you and your company, It's this is your unique selling proposition, right? Your USP. What makes you unique so that you don't have to compete on price? Very, very, very important. And so that someone checking out your stuff, whether it's on social, whether it's on your sales page, whether it's in person, can say like, oh, well, Kate's the one who teaches how to grow a business with the do less method. So she's the anti-hustle, right? And that's very easy. And I, I have people tagging me on social media all the time, every day in the comments of people's Instagram posts where somebody has posted about being burned out or tired or trying to work while having kids or whatever, people tag me, oh, have you checked out Kate Northrup's book or her work? This is perfect because they're easily able to identify, oh, this person wants to grow a business, but they want to do it while having a life. Kate Northrup's the person. So it took me a while to get there, by the way. So if you don't feel like you're there, just keep going and your special sauce will emerge. But you can do an exercise which can be very helpful of looking back over the things like some key milestones that have gotten you to the point you're at right now in business and what they all had in common especially if you're somebody who identifies as multi-passionate and you feel like maybe you've been all over the place and done a lot of different things which p.s like i totally identify as somebody who has felt in the past like i'm all over the place because I am, I just love so many different things. I'm so enthusiastic, right? But when I wrote out the key touchstones or milestone moments in a timeline from my life, and I did, I did five of them. I just did the first five that came to mind. There was a common thread that was so obvious 
that made me realize kind of what my special sauce was. And usually the thing that sets you apart from the competition is going to be something from your lived experience. So it's going to be authentically grounded in who you are and what you've been through because while you might do something that's the same as somebody else, right? There's billions, not billions, but there are probably hundreds of thousands of yoga teachers on the planet, if not over a million, you know, millions of yoga teachers. And they teach the same postures and the same pranayama and the same meditation. You know, it's, it's not that different. But the way Rodney Yee teaches is even really different than his wife, Colleen Yee, right? And they each bring their own special sauce and it's based on their own lived experience and who they are as humans. So don't be afraid to be who you are in an appropriate way for business. So bring in the things that make you special. You know, Jenna Kutcher, who does the Gold Digger podcast, identifies like part of her bio is, you know, I'm Jenna Kutcher, educator, seven-figure, self-made seven-figure business owner and mac and cheese lover. So she, you know, that's a little bit packaged, but it's like funny and it's Mm -hmm. cute. And it just, it's like, oh, she's a Midwestern girl. Like we could go have a coffee together. And so that's her, as opposed to Marie Forleo, who really sets herself apart in a very different way than Jenna. And the two of them teach a lot of the same things, but they do it very differently. And they've each brought their special sauce. And that special sauce is quite authentic to who they actually are. So people can feel it. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, Mike, with setting yourself apart from the competition? Well, you have to. Like, if you're not yourself, people are going to know. Like, Kate just ended what she just said spot on. You know, it's like if I try to be Marie Forleo, people are going to see into it. and It'd be weird. It'd be weird. <laughs> and so... But a lot of people do try to be... Right. And yeah. that happens a lot where you're starting your business and you get... I mean, I did it. When I started online, I met this guy, Jonathan Budd, and I was going through his stuff and I literally would watch his videos. I'd take notes, what he'd talk about. And then I would, I reshot them in my own voice, but it was like his talking points, you know, because I thought that's what you needed to do. And I didn't really trust myself to come up with the own ideas, basically. So I feel like there's a lot of confidence. RuPaul was just talking about this on his recent podcast with Whitney Cummings, who's a comedian. And Whitney recorded all of her own talks because in her head she would like she said i have body dysmorphia in some ways but i also have audio dysmorphia where i would think a joke would never land and then she would go back and listen to the recording and all the audience was laughing but in her head from being on stage she wouldn't hear it landing but she was like oh that actually worked so i think it's the place too when we're going running our own show and so over time she's gotten much more confident with herself and rupaul was the same way where he's at this point he's like i don't care about anything he just goes and does it you know he just does what he wants to do because he's much more confident with who he is as a as a human and it takes work like we have to work through our stuff to get there and you listening and your business and even if you're not the face of the company like right now you know in our business role with me being kind of the operations and working the back end of everything that we're doing and the CFO type person, you know, I have to be comfortable with the role that I'm in and it's probably taken, I don't know, seven years to get here, you know, and it's been a journey, but also that confidence has increased when Kate, because we're business partners and we also are married. And so we are very integrated in our life, but the more confident that she has become in herself, it has allowed me to chill out right? It's allowed me to be more in my strength and kind of the desires that I desire because in the places where, and so when she is more confident with what she's communicating to the world, it allows me at ease as well. And so as me being at ease, it allows, it's better for business. It's Mm -hmm. better for, and so it allows me to shine for who I'm going to be at this moment in time. And Kate mentioned something earlier about multi-passionate person, like we are all interested in more than one freaking thing. Like this whole thing about like, I got to figure out what my source is. Then I got to speech that for the next 25 years. Like, it's just a bunch of BS. Like, no, we are all people who are into a lot of things, right? Like I like working out. I like putting together toy equipment that I just did like for the daycare the other day. Right. Nobody can figure out how to put this dome together. So I just build it right. Like I like building things like that way. I also like noticed you got it out of the yard. Yeah, Brett came over yesterday with his trailer. Right. Awesome. Yeah. And so 
I Mike picked up this piece of playground equipment and then built it at our house and it was like way bigger than he expected and I was like okay so now this piece of equipment is at our house like what are we going to do it belongs at daycare it was kind of funny yeah, it was, 10 it was feet. like the, the base typical was 10 thing feet of like wide. you build the crib in the living room and then realize it can't fit through the door into the baby's room yeah let's talk about that cause anyway cause I've taken the part that, that freaking crib like 10 <laughs> times you're not you're um, only going to take it apart one more time and then we're done I know it's fine it's I I had to relax around it because I'm like this is the deal right it's like life is much harder than taking apart a crib and putting it back together so for the special sauce it is just it's really it's being easier on ourselves and it's having much more ease with who we are but going building into what that unique offering is yeah. like it's 100% what Kate said like Marie Forleo Jenna Kutcher I I don't I haven't really studied any of Jenna's work but let's take she's great I'm a big fan here's two people like Gary V and Marie Forleo a lot of their information overlaps but the the way they bring it to the world are two completely different human beings. And right? what's so great, this is a great example of like there's more than enough to go around because Gary Vee really does not do it for me. No. But Marie really does. It for does. You. That's correct. And so... And you're going to resonate. This goes back they're to... they're talking about the same thing. Yes. This goes back to Kevin Kelly, what wrote years ago about a thousand true fans is you are going to find your niche, right? You're going to find the keyboard. My brother is obsessed with keyboards, Right, like he goes to keyboard conventions. Yeah, I'm the 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 thing that you type with on your computer. That's what I'm talking about here. Like he goes to this and he hangs out with other keyboard people, and he he spends a lot of time researching keyboards. It's amazing. It's amazing, right? But there's a community for it, and so he finds that community that's out there. And so the world is moving back to this. We have gotten big globally, right? We are all connected in a way. But the where we're at now is there's so many people can be a part of the world of what's taking place. There was three TV stations 50 years ago, right? right? And so you were now filtered we... content. Now that doesn't matter. You're not going to have the mega TV station anymore because everyone can participate in whatever they want. It's very cool. Yeah. And, you know, we live in a time right now where there's big shifts going on, where more and more difference is being celebrated and I understand there's so much divisiveness and there's homophobia and racism and Islamophobia yes and all of that and transphobia I mean it's it's real and the reason I mean I don't I don't I don't know that this is true but like I believe that each one of us in business has the chance to be part of the healing that needs to happen within humanity by leaning into what makes us different. Because the more we celebrate our own differences, the more it then gives other people permission to celebrate their own differences. And the people who might be following along, feeling like their family didn't accept them, their community didn't accept them, but they're seeing you out there flying your flag of whatever makes you different. And if they can identify with either that same thing or something completely different, but they're like, well, hey, you know, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm having a little trouble coming up with an example, but like, what are just you trying to say? even RuPaul, right? Yeah. Like RuPaul is a gay black man who like was such a revolutionary in drag in the 90s. You know, he has inspired millions of people to be their mm -hmm. true selves. And RuPaul doesn't have to compete based on Bryce because he has leaned into fully who he is. And the competition is completely irrelevant because like who's competing with RuPaul? Nobody, right? right? And so it's this, we all have that. And I believe that not only is it good for your business and you'll make more sales when you lean into what makes you different, but it also heals the world. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. So the third thing, and this is something I literally only have understood in the last six weeks. So this is something. This is my favorite one. This is something. I, so Mike and I have this thing where he'll want me to do something or have an idea. And I think it's terrible or it annoys me or I'm resistant or whatever. And then like six months later or maybe six years later, I then come around and I'm like, oh, hey. Like, look at this. It's so great. And he's like, yeah, I know. I was telling you that. And in some couples, it goes the opposite way. But in our case, that happens to be usually the way it is, that he has the insight or the idea and I'm late to the party. But let me, I want to just chime in on this about, because we just talked about individual self before. And I also shared, like, as Kate has become more comfortable, I've been more comfortable. because when, be more confident. More confident. Because when I would bring these things up to her, 
or and, and this goes both ways this goes both ways in our relationship right but this there's an element where she'll be like no that's not a good idea and then i might beat myself up about it or i might not be confident in what i'm doing in the world to, and then i judge myself around like internally and i've realized this a lot more after i was sick last year it's like just really kind of calmed down and was able to like I just reconnected with who I am, right? That's what that was that whole process of 2018 going in 2019. There's been oh by the way, there's been two people that have asked me last week like what happened with that? I don't know if we ever did we close out like we didn't. No. We did not. We did so, like life is hard part 2 and then we've we've peppered it throughout yeah. the episodes, but we're probably due for a We can like, do a wrap up of kind of the state of where we can do that on that that won't maybe, take very long. Yeah, but, I don't know. I <laughs> I've scheduled us out until December, so we're going to have to reorganize. I've been super into editorial planning, folks. I'm like rocking it hardcore. Yeah, so it's just, it's from the place of, regardless of what she, what Kate says, I also know like, oh, I know, like I'm right on this. I, my intuition, my gut, and that's really what I'm becoming more comfortable with myself to be like, oh, well, if it happens, it happens. If she says no, fine. You know, if it's, it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And so it's really letting... It's being much more, it's doing less around this avenue and just be much more relaxing around or much more easeful as we are, we're talking about this, but go ahead. So this last piece has some has been something that I've always known, which is that in order for you to be successful in business in a sustainable long-term way, you have to believe in what you're selling. The belief has to be there. And if the belief is not there, it might work for a little while, but it will not work long-term. And also you're not making the world a better place if you're selling something you don't believe in. And that's what gives sales a bad name, right? Yeah. But this added layer that, and if you've created something, you probably believe in it. I mean, I don't think anyone on this podcast is necessarily selling something that they're not believing in. However, we have done programs or sold things that we believe in, but they're not like grounded in the overall deeper mission or purpose. And I always thought that the conversation around purpose was kind of bullshit. And I was just like, we don't all have a, you know, individual purpose this is so dumb. Like I believe my purpose is to be happy and to be of service, which is also true. I also believe that all of us are here to find joy and to be of service. And that is like the overarching theme. But there are deeper things here. And I've been doing work with an amazing coach named Ra Goddess. And she recommended a book to me called The Great Work of Your Life by Stephen Cope. And it's a book about Dharma. And he talks about the fact that, you know how when your kids are little, right? There's like this idea of, you know, we want to instill in our children this belief that they can do anything they want to do. Right. And Stephen Cope talks about that that's sort of misguided because if we're going to live our dharma, which is essentially the true nature of who we are and our true vocation, like what we are here to bring to the world, we can't actually do anything and we can't be anyone. No, we can actually really only be ourselves. And it's a really important difference, especially for those who are. Can I ask a question about that? Mm -hmm. So let's take Penelope, for example, Mm -hmm. like let's just take our, it's, so instead of telling her she can be every, like, how do you, it's more like just being a kind of a support for Supporting her who she is. As she grows up. And like, then she, as she's yeah. enthusiastic about something. Yep. And he talked about this in the book. He used Jane Goodall as an example. And Jane Goodall, I did she not know the this. Gorilla, gorilla lady? Yeah. Yeah. Her mother, like, went and lived in the jungle with Jane Goodall when Jane was, like, in her 20s so that her mother could keep the the home going and everything so that Jane could be out there with the gorillas. Wow. And her mother just 100% believed in her and just supported her passion and didn't doubt her. And so I think from a parenting perspective, I don't know, for me, it's a, it's, there's a shade of gray difference between telling our girls they can do anything and be anything and supporting who they actually are. It's, it's, well, it's self-awareness. It's self-awareness in ourselves. And then it's also being aware in who our children are because it's, I'm not going to go to Penelope and be like, you're going to be the best soccer player that have existed or the best softball player. No, she doesn't right? have the coordination for it. She doesn't have, like, 
I mean, this can change, but if right? She, wants she to can play softball I'll when take she's her like practice. seven years old. She can. She might become the best softball player ever. But right now, her hand-eye coordination is not good, right? It's like it's it's not there, right? She doesn't have it. But Ruby, I will roll a ball across the ground, and she will watch the whole thing come to her. She has a much better hand-eye coordination. But this only. So I'm not going to go, you know, it's like, okay, who's going to be better with balls at this moment? Well, if you just look at compare, it's going to be Ruby's going to be much better with balls or hand-eye coordination activity. But like, I'm not going to gear, like steer Penelope that direction, let's say, right? No, I'm not going to steer our kids any direction. I'm looking for what is innate in them and also what they're enthusiastic about. And then to support that, like Penelope is asking to take dance classes again. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sign her up because she asked. But I think the option Does that is... make me happy as a as a mom? Of course. Of course. I would love for my right. kids to dance, but I'm not going to pressure them. Anyway. So how does this relate so back to our business? what this relates to your business, business and, and selling yeah. is that you will make more sales when they are grounded in the truth of who you are. And when you are increasingly able to articulate what that is. So I have been doing this Dharma work with Ra. And realizing really deep down, like my true mission and my true purpose, at least in this chapter of my life, because I do believe it can change. And it's so clear to me, and I'm not going to talk about it right now because it's just like not baked enough, but it's so clear to me and it has changed everything. It's changing the way I write my emails. It's changing the way we have conversations on this podcast. It's changing the vision for our company. It's changing the way I'm masterminding with women. It's changing the way we're inviting people into higher level programs. And like it's changing everything. And I can really see how for the last 10 years of business or nine years of business without that information, how I have floundered. And that's okay. I don't have regrets about that. But there's been a lot of being all over the place because I never slowed down enough to ask, what am I here for? Because if you're here for anything, then literally anything is an option to do with your time. Mm -hmm. And that is debilitating when the choices are infinite. The choices are infinite, but they can be very easily narrowed down by identifying really the truth of who you are. And when it comes to making sales, it's not like I am probably almost never going to have a sales conversation with someone where I say like, my mission and my purpose is to X, Y, Z, and here's how I am following through with that with this program that I'm selling you. I mean, it's not that direct, but it's a feeling that's about me. That's about about you, not about the person. But there's a feeling in me that is so grounded in this purpose and mission that somebody who I'm maybe having a sales conversation with, whether if it's a higher level thing and I'm actually on the phone with them or I'm writing an email or I'm writing a social media post or a sales page or a video or speaking from stage or whatever, there is a level of knowing and confidence that comes through with my mission and purpose or with someone's mission and purpose when they are grounded in it that is so magnetic. And when someone is living on purpose, when they are in their purpose, grounded in their mission, it's really hard not to buy what they're selling because it's so captivating. And you want to, like we all want to get on board the bus that's going somewhere and a person grounded in their mission and purpose is driving that bus mm-hmm. and and it's captivating and I do believe it's why you know somebody like Elizabeth Gilbert is so captivating because she's just living her purpose telling stories that inspire yeah. I mean I don't know if that's what she would say is her purpose but I'm just saying like that yep. could be it right no Van Latham I've listened to his podcast every week and it really it's captivating yeah it's captivating and I want to know I mean it's the guy that works at TMZ right right and he's the guy for if you saw the with him and Kanye West had when he like basically called Kanye West that viral out, YouTube video. right the viral YouTube video and so and then he has podcasts that I listen to repeatedly right but it is it's about it's, yeah yeah and so if you haven't identified your mission or your purpose first of all if you're in origin that's something we're doing in September together so get ready it's gonna be awesome if you're not in origin 
or either way, read the book, The Great Work of Your Life by Stephen Cope. I'm sure there's other wonderful resources on this, but I'm new to this. Like I'm a newbie novice when it comes to purpose and mission work. Um, I actually have Man's Search for Meaning. I've heard has been, I haven't read it yet. incredible book. It is very incredible. I recommend it for sure. Yeah, I don't know if it's in the same category. But my question for you is regarding this purpose and mission conversation, because I have talked about our company having like, what's our mission? What are we here to do? What's the work to do for a long time? And it created a lot of resistance for you. So where, why is it now? So Kate went to, did a one-on-one session with Raw Goddess in New York and she comes back and she's like, okay, so I got clear on what my mission was. Like it was, I'm like, excuse me? Right, like the thinking bigger part that we've talked about in this podcast. So what was it that connected this time where it's like, I got it. Because it was part of a bigger conversation. Like every time you would be like, what's our mission and what's our purpose? It was like we were sitting at the kitchen table and I'm like, I don't freaking know. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to like get through the day and like get our kids fed and in bed. Like, what's my mission? I don't know. And so it was just very like... I think it was because it was delivered with Ra in this container Mm -hmm. and she helped me understand how like it's the foundation of everything that then makes it very clear what to say yes to and what to say no to with our time and energy. And she gave me exercises to clarify what it is. Like it just, I don't know. I, all I can say is the time was right. And also I think that because what I knew about mission statements and that kind of thing, like it felt very corporate and really ungrounded to the truth. Like you hear mission statements that are like, you know, our mission is to uplift and empower and they just feel really vanilla. And I think that for me, I had never felt connected to the conversation around mission and purpose because it felt kind of like corporate speak vanilla to me. Got it. And so I needed an experience of getting emotionally, like emotionally attached and understanding that mission and purpose is not something that you go out and seek. It's in you already and you just need to uncover it. And so that to me was the difference. Got it. Well, it's definitely been, I believe... Because here's the the challenging part of like, let's say before Kate's mission and now after Kate's mission, let's just break it in. It's challenging to run an organization with people where it's kind of somewhat not directed, right? Like we always have been going in a direction, but I feel like it was a little bit zigzaggy. And so now our direction, it's much like, as I said already, it's much more easeful for me to know that we will get to the destination we want to go wherever that is i don't know but it's just like we're going that way more in a straight line yeah and that's also much more helpful for people that work with us on our team because that way they're all going that direction as well totally and you know as companies expand and get much bigger that's where i'm reading simon sinek's book leaders eat last yeah i keep saying leaders eat leaders but (laughs) leaders eat last and he talks about in there so much of companies that lose direction and lose focus. And it's usually the leaders at the top are thinking more about themselves than thinking about the collective as a whole. And I mean, when I- Thinking about themselves versus thinking about their mission. That is, yes, correct. And the mission of the organization instead of, yeah. And so for even selling ice cream sandwiches, it's really the the running joke I have now about everything is it's for the kids, right? Like everybody, it's always like for the kids. I'm building the swing set, but it's for the kids. Just come over and help me, right? So I like use that as a guilt trip to certain like friends. We got to move this thing, but it's for the kids. So get over here, you know? And so that's the joke I have with everything. But selling ice cream, it's for our daycare. It's for, it literally was for the kids. And so this wasn't about me. This wasn't about like me at the end of the day. You know, it was just fun, right? And that's what, and sales- It wasn't about you at all. No, it wasn't about me at all. And sales is like, but if I would have made it about myself, you know, in the booth yelling, like it'd be very awkward and it could, it would really turn off customers. Yeah, if you're you're coming at a sale from the perspective of this person needs to buy this thing to make you happy or to fulfill some goal you have, you're not going to make sales. No. But if you are focused on- a, this was point number one, their pain point and the result you're going to get them, 
If you are number two, setting yourself apart and leaning into what makes you different so that your right people can find you. And then number three, grounded in your mission, which is bigger than yourself, it has to be, then you're going to make more sales. Mm -hmm. So that's what we have for you today. I just want to say congratulations for doing the work that you did because there has been a shift that I've noticed in our business as well as like in our life personally. And it's not easy stuff and you did really well. Thanks. So, And I'm still doing it. Oh, cor- still oh correct. still working with yeah. Ra. There's more to do, but it's just like six hours with her was transformational. And we'll be having Ra on the podcast probably in December. So make sure if you have not already opted into the August podcast listening adventure, there will be goodies. There will be surprises. There will be giveaways. And there is a tracker. So go to katenorthup.com forward slash August. If you love a good checklist, you're going to love this one page print off. And we're really excited. So if you want to know more, if you have questions about this episode, if you you want to talk about your mission, if you want us to help you brainstorm angles and ways to clarify what the result is that you're selling with your program or your offering or your product, join us on Friday, August 9th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Facebook Live that accompanies this episode. We're really excited to be doing that just in the month of August. So August 9th, 10 a.m., we'll be talking more about how to get more people to buy what you're selling. We'll answer your questions. We'll do coaching. As always, subscribe to the podcast. If you like this episode or if you hated it, leave us a review. I hope you like it. If you're listening this far, you probably do. But leave us a review over on iTunes. That helps other people find this material. Of course, share it on your Instagram stories. Share it wherever you want. Tag us. We'd love to say hello and give a shout out to all of our Pod Squad listeners. And I think that's what we've got for you today. That was really fun. So sell the what and be specific about people's results. Lean into what makes you different to set yourself apart from the competition and be grounded in believing in your greater mission and go and sell the shit out of your stuff. We love you. We believe in you. You've got this. Have a great week. Hey, this episode is sponsored by the Ultimate Course Creation Starter Kit from our dear friend, Amy Porterfield. She's one of my absolute favorite women in the online business space because she is so smart and such a good teacher. So if you are thinking about creating an online course, you really need to get this free and highly insightful guide, which will help you kickstart your digital course journey. So you'll be ready to create a profitable digital course and the impact you've dreamed of. And you can go over to katenorthrop.com forward slash Amy. And it's the ultimate course creation starter kit over at katenorthrop.com forward slash Amy.